Good morning. I was sitting here thinking, uh, some of you may be visitors today and wonder, who's that guy? Uh, Some of you who are members of this church may be saying, who is that guy? (laughs) Several years ago, as a matter of fact, during my first appointment, I was an associate pastor uh, and uh, an annual conference had taken place in South Georgia and appointments had been made. And I had been appointed to serve back where I was, had been previously appointed. And on Saturday night, the phone rang, and it was my district superintendent. And uh, I thought, well, whoa, what is he, what is he going to do to me now? Uh, but he said, David, he said, I, I've got a problem. I said, what's that? He said, well, and he called the name of a pastor, and he said, he's, he's uh, moving and this is to be his last Sunday in his church, but he's got kidney stones and he can't preach. Can you substitute? Well, I breathed a sigh of relief thinking, well, thank goodness he's not moving me this year. I said, sure, I'll be glad to. So I went to that church and uh, I said to them, I'm not he who was, nor am I he who is to come. I'm just Mr. In-Between. Now, thank goodness Charles Robinson has already been appointed here, and we know that he uh, is, uh, is on board, and he's preaching the Connect service uh, at, at this time. And um, the two associate pastors, Joanne and Maria, are gone, and so they scraped the bottom of the barrel, and they said, would you come and preach? Well, my qualifications are that I served 41 years in the South Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church, and uh, I retired in 2003, and, uh, uh, well, it's a long story, but anyway, 2003 was when I initially retired. And so Harriet and I, my, my beautiful wife, and I moved here to Noonan and have been a part of this congregation ever since then. Now, her membership is here. My membership stays in the annual conference where I am, uh, uh, you know, where I'm I'm appointed there. But anyway, uh, we love living in Noonan. We love being in this church. We're grateful for God's uh, leading us here and grateful for people like Sam Medeiros who come and, as a layperson, help out when things are needed. And I appreciate Sam doing this this morning. I said to the congregation at 830, the, the, the discipline of the church, the book of discipline, says that the senior pastor of the church has responsibility for who fills the pulpit. In other words, he's the guard. <laughs> and I'm grateful that he thought enough to let me come and, and, and be here today and to, to stand in this pulpit and preach for you. So thank you for the opportunity and thank you for being here. And I hope as the summer moves along, we'll continue to fill up this church uh, because we have a wonderful new pastor and his wife, and they're going to do great things for us here in this place. Amen. Thank you, doctor. I knew I'd get a praise from you out of somewhere after a while. <laughs> uh, good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Um, the children of a particular church were asked by the pastor to come forward, and he had a message for them. So as they came down to the front, um, uh, they all settled down, and uh, he said to them, uh, what do you think we're going to be talking about this morning? Uh, 
And one little boy quickly spoke up, God! And uh, the preacher said, well, yeah, that's, that's right. That's who we're going to talk about. How, how did you know that? Why did you, why'd you think God? He said, well, I knew you didn't call us down here to talk about squirrels. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about squirrels this morning. We're not going to talk about some other things. But what we are going to do is talk about God. This is God's house, and I'm grateful that it's here and thankful for the opportunity that we have to worship together in His name. Now, the, the, the bulletin has a scripture lesson listed. I have altered that a little bit this morning. I'm taking away one verse from it and adding another verse from another book in the New Testament. The book, other book in the New Testament is John. John, the 15th chapter, the 15th verse. And this is what it says, and if you have your Bible there and want to follow, that's fine, or you can just trust me, I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version, okay? Jesus said, I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. And then the Mark passage is Mark 4, 11a. And this is what it says. Jesus said, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, Thanks be to God. Amen. Some translations use the word mysteries instead of secrets, but it's the same thing. How many of you are old enough, well, you don't have to speak out, but in your mind, how many of you are old enough to remember a television personality by the name of Gary Moore? Heads shake, people laugh, yes, yes. If you're too young for that, uh, Gary Moore was very popular back in the 50s and 60s, and he had one television show that was, ex it was especially uh, fun to watch. It was called I've Got a Secret. And a person would come on that show and sit there and a panel would be off to the side. They'd try to guess what this person's secret was. And it was, a, it was just a good show. I, it was fun to, to try to guess, you know, and, and find out what that person's secret was. Well, uh, back about 45 years ago, when Harriet uh, and I discovered that she was pregnant after we'd been married for eight years, uh, and uh, we were just so excited about that. We, we didn't know what the sex of the child would be back in those days, but uh, we just knew we were going to have a baby, and we were thrilled about that. Well, we started thinking about what are we going to do to make that announcement, to tell people about this. Well, we, the old standard thing to do back then was to pass out cigars. Well, we knew we didn't want to do that. Number one, we didn't smoke. Our parents did, and we didn't like it, but they did. But, um, uh, you know, we said we don't want to cause anybody to smoke, so we, we're not going to pass out cigars. About that time, across my desk came an advertisement for a ballpoint pen company. They wanted our church to um, advertise by getting us, you know, a, a set of ballpoint pens and, and putting our name on them and, and passing them out. And I started to throw that away because we weren't going to do that in that church. Um, but uh, I got to thinking about it, and I said, you know, 
that might be an idea. So I went home and I told Harriet, I said, well, I got this advertisement and it says, you know, you can buy this supply of ballpoint pens at, rather cheaply. And uh, why don't we do that and let's put our message on that ballpoint pen. She liked the idea. So that's what we did. We put on the ballpoint pen, Harriet and David Haygood announced the birth of their baby. Come by and see for yourself. <laughs> and we passed those out across that little community where we lived, and people began to understand uh, that we were indeed uh, expecting. Now, secrets and mysteries. In every major religion of the world, there are secrets and mysteries of things we just don't know. We really don't. And uh, a man by the name of Rudolf Otto, back in the last century, coined a phrase called Mysterium Tremendum. Some of the people in our Sunday school class have heard me say, talk about that before. Mysterium Tremendum. And what he was saying was that uh, in, in, in all religions of the world, there are things that are still mysteries that we just don't know. We just don't understand. Tremendous mysteries. Well, how then are we to, to know these secrets and these mysteries. To begin with, we might uh, use a catchphrase. Stop, look, listen. Uh, put that in your mind and think about it and, and, and think, you know, uh, maybe that's the way we can learn some of these mysteries. Far too often we get so busy with the things that we have to do that we don't stop and observe the world around us and the things that God has in store for us. A couple of weeks ago, I got a, an email from my friend LaDon Denham, guy on the front down here. It was entitled, God Whispers. And uh, I read that and I started to delete it, you know, it was good, it was LaDon, I appreciate it. But I said, uh, I said, no, I'm not going to delete that one. I said, I'm going to keep that one. And um, it, it, the, the email said, uh, the author uh, said, God, let me see you. Let me see you. And email went on to talk about uh, how God re reveals himself to people. And at the end of the email uh, th was this message. Don't miss out on the mysteries of God because they are not packaged the way you want them to be. Think about that. Uh, if they're not packaged the way you want them to be, you, you might just miss them. Uh, Harriet and I are able these days in our uh, lives to spend a bit more time together in devotional time in the mornings. We'll take our second cup of coffee and go out on our sun porch and we'll share scriptures and devotionals and things that we have read or are reading. And we read about a grandfather who uh, took his little grandson one day and they went outside and, and they were going to go for a walk. So they did that and as they walked along the little grandson would pick up something and look at it and then hand it to his granddad and his granddad would put it in his pocket. A rock, a little wildflower, or maybe a leaf, or something you know that the, the, the little boy liked. And so his grandfather started to, you know, just cast those away, but he got to thinking about it. He said, you know, that's a good way for me to teach him a good lesson. 
And so they walked on further and finally sat down together. And the granddad took these things out of his pocket one at a time, and he showed it to his grandson. And he said, son, look at what God has made. Look at the creation of the world. Look at God's handiwork. And they shared these thoughts as he went along. And um, he was saying, well, you know, don't miss what there is for you to know about the secrets and the mysteries of God. The mother of one of my good friends when I was a student at, LeGrand, at Young Harris College came to visit with her son one weekend and it rained all night. And uh, the next morning uh, we got up and the sun was shining and uh, so we walked to the dining hall and she was with us and we had our breakfast. And when we finished our breakfast, we came out on the porch of the dining hall and she said, stand here, boys. And she looked out across those gorgeous mountains of North Georgia where young Harris is located. And she saw the sun coming up over them. And she said, look, boys, God washed the world last night and now he's hung it out to dry. You know, why would I remember that? Because it's important and it's true. And she inspired us by helping us to be able to see the secrets and the mysteries of God. One of the most beautiful hymns in our hymnal is one that we're going to sing at the close of this service. It's called, Open My Eyes That I May See. And the first stanza of that hymn goes this way. I'm not going to sing it, I'm just going to speak it. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee, ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, Spirit divine. Then it goes on to talk about open my ears and open my heart. But isn't that the way it should be and the way it is? Uh, if we're to know the secrets of God, it's important that we stop, that we look all around us, and then we also need to listen for the voice of God. In the book of James, we are told, be quick to listen and slow to speak. This is especially true in our prayer life. We're so busy telling God all our troubles and cares and worries and asking for His help and all of that. That's important. But it's also important to be still. Be still and listen for the still, small voice of God coming to us. Psalm 81 verse 13 reminds us that God says, If my people will only listen to me. Again, in our devotional time together, uh, we came across one the other day that was a lady whose name was Tracy Jensen. And Tracy said she and her husband were having some problems. And uh, they got to talking some, and, and she said, he said to her, you just don't listen to me. Have you ever heard that? 53 years of marriage, I've heard it a time or two. Uh, and Tracy, Tracy Jensen said it was a wake-up call for her. 
She said she began to reflect on what her husband was saying to her. And she said that she realized that the reason she didn't listen to him because she was focused on herself. She wasn't focused on him. She didn't try to understand him and his situation. She said she was always trying to prove that she was right and he was wrong. And she said she needed to put herself in her husband's shoes and listen to his point of view. Another lady was talking about having a 14-year-old dog, and he was blind. And she said uh, he was always going through the house running into things. And she, you know, wanted to help him out as best she could. And she said she, figured, she realized that the thing for her to do was to call his name, and his ears would perk up, and he would follow her voice and come to her. A still, small voice speaking so that we can hear and be drawn to the God who has his own secrets. There was a man by the name uh, during the last century who, who was an African-American scientist. His name was George Washington Carver. Many of you have heard of him, I'm sure. One day, George Washington Carver held a peanut in his hand. He looked at it and he thought, well, what is that? He said, Lord, what's in that peanut? And he said, God spoke to him and said, you've got a brain, you figure it out. And he did. And if you'll read the story of George Washington Carver, you'll find out all the experiments that he did with the peanut and the things that he discovered as a result of asking God, what's in this? Now, our scripture for today reminds us that it's important for us to, well, the Bible reminds us it's important for us to realize that we have to stop, look, and listen if we're going to understand the mysteries and the secrets of God. But the scripture for today actually carries us deeper in the passage from the Gospel of John, Jesus says to his disciples, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. But I call you friends, for all I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Friends, I've made this known to you. And then in the Markan passage, we read that Jesus said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. You know, if you read the, uh, the book of Mark, you'll find in there that in chapters 8, 9, and 10, Jesus sits with his disciples and talks to them about what's going to happen to him in the future. And they don't always understand it, but he's revealing to them the secrets that God has for him in the world. And he tells them about his, his arrest and his death and his resurrection. And uh, they, as I said, they don't always understand, but he's giving them the keys to the kingdom of God. Isn't this the way that we reveal our secrets? We go to our closest friends and we share our innermost confidences. And this takes the secrets and the mysteries of God to a deeper level when we do that as his disciples and his friends.
Jesus is saying to those who commit themselves to him that he will show them the meaning and the mist of the mysteries and the secrets. He will show them uh, how to understand what God's will is for their lives. That's why Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. I've come into the world to help you understand what, what this life is all about. If you'll just follow me, I'll show you and tell you. The longer I live and the more I commit myself to God through Jesus Christ, the more I realize how practical those comments of Jesus are and how much he wants to show us how we are to live. Now that, ought to, that sounds like it ought to be logical to us, but it doesn't always. It's not always that way. He wants to show us what life is all about. And he also says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now we can understand that in different ways, but one of the ways is to say that there are people in this world who know some things about God. There are other religions who might be able to point in the direction of God. But Jesus is saying here, if you want to know God personally, and if you want to know God as your heavenly Father, as the one who leads you to understand your life, then follow me. I will show you, I will help you, I will give you the guidance if you want to know God as your Father, a very personal relationship, I will show you. That makes me think about uh, the hymn that is very familiar to some of us. And it's, um, uh, we were with some friends this past weekend uh, in, in North Carolina and one of the people is 90 years old and he was saying they had a birthday celebration for him recently and they sang some of his favorite hymns and one of those is titled In the Garden. And uh, I had already put that in my manuscript and I said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to share this with the people at Noonan. It says, I come to the garden alone. While the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. In other words, if you want to know God and his secrets and his mysteries, allow him to be with you day in and day out as you read his word, as you study his word, as you pray, as you worship, and he will show you the way that leads to God as Father. If we are to know the deepest secrets of God, we are to commit ourselves to him through Jesus Christ who will reveal these things to us. Now, it may be that the things I've said to you so far this morning are not things that are new to you. But I'm here to remind you over and over again that Jesus Christ wants us to commit ourselves to him, and he will show us the way. Back in the 1950s, uh, I was a, a young kid,
and uh, I sang in a children's choir. And one of the ladies, or the lady that directed the children's choir, heard me, and uh, I was so loud, I guess, that she just said, well, I'm going to let you sing a solo. And so I, I began to sing solos in, in church. And uh, I was a boy soprano back in those days. But uh, I, I sang in different places. And one time I, I went to Macon and sang on the radio. And uh, I was singing partly because my grandfather was, uh, it was my grandfather's birthday. So I chose, or she chose for me, a song called It Is No Secret. And the words of that song went this way. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. And so I sang that song, and I enjoyed singing it. And I sang, I sang it for, for several years. I didn't think about what it meant. I didn't think about where it came from. I didn't think about the author of it until one day I did a little research, and I found out that it was a song that was written by a fellow by the name of Stuart Hamblin. He was a, um, he was a radio host on a radio station in Hollywood, California. Now, he was known all over those parts, partly because he was a drinking guy. He was a womanizing guy. He was a carousing guy and a partying guy. He just had, he'd sold his wild oats all over the place, and, and people knew him and knew his name. One day, along came a traveling evangelist who was going to do a revival in the Hollywood, Los Angeles area. And so uh, Stuart Hamblin decided, well, he was going to invite that preacher to come on his show, and he was going to make fun of him and uh, make a spectacle of him, actually. And so he invited him to come, and, uh, and the preacher agreed. Well, Hamblin decided that uh, you know, while the preacher was in the area, he'd go listen to him and uh, and you know, just sort of get a little more information, a little more ammunition. So he went to a, a service of worship, and the preacher that night said, you know, there's somebody in this congregation tonight who's a fake and a fraud. Well, uh, Hamlin picked up on that, and he thought, well, he's talking about me. Other people in the congregation thought the same thing, but Hamlin especially. Well, when the service was over, he went home, and then another night he went back, and um, he got drunk that night. And after he uh, left the service that night, in those days he was able to do this. He went to the hotel where the preacher was staying, and he found out where he was, and so he went to his room and knocked on his door, and preacher came to the door and said, what can I do for you? He said, uh, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to pray with me. Well, uh, Hamlin went inside with the preacher, and the preacher said, I'm not going to pray with you. That's between you and God. Well, uh, Hamlin wasn't satisfied with that, and so he started asking more questions and, and, and talked to the preacher about his life. And they stayed together until 5 a.m. in the morning. And finally, Stuart Hamlin fell on his knees, and he prayed to God. God, have mercy. 
on me. And they prayed together and, and stayed together for a while. Well, when that uh, was over, Stuart Hamlin let it be known that his life had changed. He lost his job. He lost favor with the, the Hollywood crowd. And he was on hard times. He tried his hand at writing some Christian songs, and he just didn't do too well with it. And one day, a longtime friend of his by the name of John was with him. And John talked to him and said, Stuart, don't you miss your old ways? And Stuart said, no, not really. I really don't. I'm a different man now. To which John responded, well, how can you explain that? And Stuart replied, that's no secret. That's no secret. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and he's led me out of that life into a new one. And John responded to him then, why don't you write a song about that? And as a result of that suggestion, Stuart Hamblin wrote, it is no secret. The man who inspired him to write the song was named John Wayne. Some of you still know that name. John Wayne, actor. And the preacher, the evangelist, Billy Graham. Billy Graham helped to lead this man to Jesus Christ. John Wayne was a catalyst and helped him to understand what he needed to do when he had been converted. And that was to let the world know it's no secret what God can do. And that's what I want to say to you today. It's no secret. There are lots of mysteries and, and th things. I, I, you know, I still marvel at what there is to learn about God out there. But I know this. He's changed my life. I think he's done that for some of you. It may still be that somebody here today needs to hear that still small voice of God saying, Come to me, all who labor in the heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll show you the way. If that's the case with you this morning and you want to commit your life to Christ at the altar of this church, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm open to it, and I hope you are too. But it, in the meantime, if not today, when? Just remember that God is calling you just as he has many others before you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, this is offered today. Amen.